to Free Your Children on 1460 AM Christian Radio. I am your host, Tiffany Boyd, and my mission here at Free Your Children is to share the truth in love about education. There's a battle raging for the souls of our nation's children. I hope this ministry prepares you for battle. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that He may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Ephesians 6, 10 through 11. Thank you to Safe Storage for sponsoring tonight's show. If you have storage needs and you are in the Middle Tennessee area, Safe Storage has locations in Columbia, Mount Pleasant, and Hohenwald, Tennessee. Reach out to them at safestoragetn.com. That's safestoragetn.com, and they will take care of all of your storage needs. If you would like to sponsor For Your Children or Free Your Children radio show, you can contact me at freeyourchildren at gmail.com and I can send you a sponsorship package. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, email, the Pulse, that's B-O-R-O-P-U-L-S-E.com, where I am a monthly contributor and you can find all of my articles to date. And of course, they're all about education. You can also find me at my new website, FreeYourChildren.com, and we also have a YouTube channel for your children. School choice. We're going to be talking about school choice today. School choice is always a hot topic, but it doesn't mean what you think it means. It's an initiative that seeks to destroy true private education by making all education government-funded and controlled. Which leads me to the topic of Penny Schwinn. If we're if you're in Tennessee, you know that Penny Schwinn, who is our or was our current education commissioner, has resigned. So we're getting a new successor, it seems like, here in Tennessee. And she is a school choice activist and has some concerning ties. We're going to be diving into that in detail later. Her name is Lizette Reynolds, but today. I'm really excited to have Alice Linehan in the house. Alice is an established leader in new media and education policy advisor with Voices in Power and VP of Women on the Wall, connecting the dots between issues of education, immigration, and national security. Alice is the author of Your Child, Number One Threat, 21st Century Learning and the Common Core. Alice has worked tirelessly exposing the dangers of college and career readiness. Common Core Align Global Standards, educating people on the seriousness of the issue and how best to be engaged in the battle. Alice Linehan speaks publicly throughout the country to educate parents and taxpayers on the truth about what is happening in education and the unilateral mental disarmament of the next generation of voters in America. Welcome, Alice. It's great to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me on and thank you for all the work that you do to help spread the the word and the information of what's truly happening um, to our children and the next generation of Americans. Well, I appreciate that. It is definitely an uphill battle. It seems like it's coming at us from every angle right now, doesn't it? It sure does. It's. Um, I, I used to tell people um, when I would go and speak, I would say, your call is to go and prove me wrong. Because if I am wrong, I will humbly submit and publicly admit that I am wrong. And I'll go back to being a mom and not worrying about all these things. Um, That was it's been 11 years and not one person has been able to come out and prove me wrong. So right. 
if anything, the um, army of moms and dads and taxpayers and grandparents um, have joined forces with us. And, mm -hmm. and that's, the, that's the real blessing. And that's the hope that I have um, when we start exposing all of this, which can be quite overwhelming to people. Yes. But once you see it, you can't unsee it and you can't sit back and not do anything. Exactly. And I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I've had people say to me and just recently I had this comment made that, you know, you're not going to be able to stop this, but we are not called to sit idly by and allow this to happen. We are called to stand up, put on the armor of God, stand up and speak out and, and take a stand. And for many of us, it has become our calling because we know that there are far too many children that are being led off the, the side of the cliff with all of these initiatives. So tell our listeners, why did this become your calling? Why are you so passionate about these topics? Well, mainly because I'm a mother. I right. have three children and um, I really, my eyes were opened. I was always kind of politically active just as a, you know, mom. I, well, I say politically active. I voted and I looked into the candidates I thought were the best to serve our community. Um, so I was always active that way. But once I, my children got into school and I got involved with the uh, Tea Party movement and the different groups that were looking at what was going on in our communities, I, I start, my eyes were opened and there was a curriculum management system that started coming into my children's school called C-Scope. And that was kind of the the pilot for mm -hmm. everything that we're seeing today. And I jumped in and started doing research. A friend of mine, Ginger Russell, who her mother was a, a teacher and she was a homeschool mom and she started looking into it and she told me about it. And from that point forward, when I saw it impacting my own children, I, I really started to dive in and do research and um, join forces with a dear friend of mine, Rebecca Forrest, the founder of Women on the Wall. And she asked me to, to join with her on Women on the Wall. And my we cover immigration, national security and education and how they intersect. And my wheelhouse, if you will, is the education piece and education reform and, and what's been going on over the last hundred years, frankly. Mm -hmm. right. um, this, this is nothing new. Yes. Um, it's just rebranded, renamed. Mm -hmm. and um, But it's the same forces behind it who are trying to fundamentally transform our education system and, frankly, equalize America in the world. We are a great nation. We are a proud nation. And we have been a nation where we are, people come across our borders legally um, because of hope and prosperity, because mm -hmm. we were a nation that frankly had an education system, kindergarten through 12th grade, that was founded there can be debate on on what it was founded on, but what built the greatest nation economically, in my opinion, was this kindergarten through education system where 
you learned to read well, write well, do math, you knew history. And you once you graduated in 12th grade, you were free. You were free to go down a vocational path. You were free to go to college. College actually meant something. Mm-hmm. And, and we built the greatest nation on the earth. That has been completely infiltrated mm-hmm. into what they call now a P20W system, preschool mm-hmm. and actually in the UNESCO documents, prenatal through mm-hmm. the workforce system. And so we are now all lifelong learners and we're in this system that is controlled by the federal and and UNESCO, a, a global entity, and, and they want to control us to equalize America in the world. Yes, and I'm glad you brought up the UNESCO connection because there are there's a lot of people that are probably listening to this that do not understand how school choice what it's doing currently in our nation. They, it sounds really great. It sounds like a, a wonderful opportunity to give parents um, more options when it, when it comes to uh, educating their children. So if they're not happy where their children are, the money follows the child and they can move their, their child around or, or maybe even use that money for private schooling or use that money for homeschooling. How do you see the, the school choice initiative playing into all this, Alice? Well, I always tell people, I do not get the right to educate my children the way that I see fit from the state or federal government. That is an inalienable right and calling that I have been given by God. Mm -hmm. To say that I need state laws to be passed that regulate my choices means that I am handing my rights as a mother over to the state to regulate my choices. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and so it. I use the analogy, I tell my kiddos, you can have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but you can, and you can choose to have grape or strawberry, but you're still going to get a peanut butter. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm giving you a choice of what flavor. Mm-hmm. In school choice, we're giving you the choice in location, mm-hmm. but not a choice to be out from under the P20W system. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so that's it's, and you have to understand there have already been state and federal laws that have been passed that control those choices. Yes. If if you look back at, at take federal law, there, there's been numerous laws, but some of the key ones, in 1965, there was a bill called the Elementary and Secondary Education Act. And money came back to the federal dollars, came back to the states to teach economically disadvantaged children how to read. Mm-hmm. That was in 1965. Now, not only can economically disadvantaged children not read, but economically advantaged children cannot read. Exactly. Federal, federal <laughs> intrusion. Yeah. Um, that bill was reauthorized under Bush and called No Child Left Behind. Mm -hmm. 
When that bill was passed, it mandated states to do testing because if we're not going to leave any child behind, we're going to have to test them <laughs> and, and mandate testing and collect data on those children. It was illegal at that time to have a national database on mm -hmm. students. Mm -hmm. And so what they did is they set up 50 statewide longitudinal database systems to collect the data. Mm -hmm. Then there was another bill called WIOA, the Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act. And what that federal law did is it binds education under the Department of Labor, Department mm -hmm. of Health and Human Services, Department of Defense, and Department of Education. So federal dollars are coming back to the state for, for education through those different departments. We could get rid of the Department of Education tomorrow, which would be great. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't make a difference. Right. Federal dollars already coming to the state through those different departments. Right. What do you say to parents when they say to you, well, it's my money and I want my money back? <laughs> Well, your money is going through the government to be redistributed to other people. So it leaves your home and becomes the government's money. Yes. And with the money comes, interestingly, under Obama, he changed the regulation on the FERPA law, the Family Education Rights and Privacy Act. Mm-hmm. Say that our children's private data can be collected without consent in the name of research. Mm -hmm. And what that did is it opened up Pandora's box for all of these technology companies. And now that we've got statewide longitudinal databases systems set up, and now all these database systems are interoperable, you have these technology companies that now have free reign to come into our children's school, collect their data, and use that data to create software programs and education programs that can then be sold back to the school mm -hmm. <laughs> to use to um, modify our children's values, beliefs, and behaviors. Yes, yes. And well, interesting, one other bill that's important to note, that bill, No Child Left Behind, was again reauthorized under Obama and called the Every Student Succeeds Act. And in that bill, it mandates college and career readiness standards that are Common Core aligned and the Common Core national standards, college and career readiness standards are aligned to UNESCO's global standards. Yes. Thank you for connecting the dots for our listeners there on that. And then could you expound upon that some and tell our listeners why Common Core is so bad? What's wrong with Common Core? We hear that floating around a lot. We may have people that don't understand exactly what the problem is with Common Core. Common Core is our, our global standards that shift how and what is being taught in our classrooms away from reading, writing, math, and history 
to values, beliefs, and behaviors. You have to understand these the, the global entities, the people behind all of this, they had to pass certain laws to get where they are. It, it's an agenda. You, Some people know Agenda 2020, and now there's Agenda 30, 2030. The, the people behind that agenda, they want, they needed to get laws passed to shift the focus to the behavioral. Then at the state level, they mandate through state law, social and emotional learning. So we've changed the standards to behavioral and we're mandating social and emotional learning programs that allow the state, the schools in the state and the federal government to collect behavioral data on our children that now will follow them in this P20W system for the rest of their lives. It's data is the the commodity mm-hmm. and our children are the problem. Absolutely. And they're digitalizing everything now. <laughs> and so it's allowing them to be able to collect even more and more as they, you know, as technology progresses and they bring more of it into the classroom. That That's exactly right. And, and people don't, it's interesting once you start digging into the research and the documents and the papers that have been written about all of this, basically it's all out there in public. You just exactly. have, to, <laughs> you have to look for it. But um, there was a letter written, uh, Mark Tucker wrote it to Hillary Clinton, the Dear Hillary letter that laid out the kind of the takeover of our medical system and our education system. And that letter, you can put it side by side with another letter by a guy named Turchinko, a Soviet data scientist who wrote this letter, um, The Scientific Technological Takeover of America. And in that letter, Turchinko states that this will be implemented and people will not realize it until it's too late. Yes, absolutely. And that seems to be what's happening. And I think that's that's so ironic that you said, if you just go back and research it, it's right there in black and white. And it certainly is. They're, they've never attempted to hide this agenda. It, they've been clear about it from the very beginning. And speaking about the the SEL, the social emotional learning programs, that is most definitely alive and well. I, not very long ago, actually addressed our school board because they were adopting a program that was going to be propagating CRT through an SEL program. And I actually downloaded the professional development packet that they were going to be using to implement this program. And it specifically listed exactly what their agenda was right there in black and white, presented it to the school board and they passed it anyway. So you're right. They're not trying to hide it. They've been very clear about their intentions from, from the beginning. And a lot of people don't understand why there's a push for the globalization of education. Could you explain that maybe in layman's terms? Why, why is it? happening? Why do we see this happening? Why do they want to globalize education? Well, I I think what I said earlier, to equalize America in the world. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I like to tell a story when I'm talking to groups and I think it it kind of breaks it down for people and makes it more digestible if uh-huh. you will. Um, and some people may or may not know um, who Brandon Darby is. He He's the editor-in-chief for Breitbart, Texas. And for some reason, God put him in my path. And he's a wonderful, wonderful guy. But he came from the far, far left. He was a part of the, the groups that wanted to take down America from within um, the anarchist groups. He was out of Austin. He's from Beaumont, but out of Austin. And they were organizing to bomb the Republican National Convention. Wow. Brandon, he was in it because he thought these progressive people were in it for the right reasons. And he realized very quickly that they weren't. And so he became the FBI informant that stopped the bombing of the Republican National Convention. But he, what's interesting is he talks about how they organized in the green, yellow, and red. The green people were good, honest, hardworking Democrats that disagreed with the Republicans, and they bust them there to hold up protest signs. They weren't doing anything bad or illegal. Mm-hmm. Then you had the yellow people who were a little more radical, a little more in the know, and they were bust there to uh, lock arms with PVC pipe to hold back the police. The green people didn't know about the uh, yellow people. Then you had the red people, the ones that would actually throw the Molotov cocktail or throw the bombs. I was meeting with a education service center director in Texas. We have these service centers that uh, service our different school districts and our private and home schools. And he was trying to tell me how wonderful C-Scope was. And it was the latest and greatest curriculum management system. And I said, Dr. Stillman, you and I are going to have to agree to disagree because I've done a lot of research and I don't agree with you. But let me tell you a story. And I told him about Brandon Darby and the green, yellow and red people. And I said, Dr. Stillman, I don't think you're a bad guy that's trying to harm or indoctrinate my children. But you're green. How you go, how you put food on your children's table, how you survive in this economy is you go to a conference and you learn the latest and greatest curriculum management system. And your job is to come back to my children's school district and rent or sell them a curriculum management system that at best is harming my kids, worst is indoctrinating. So I don't think you're a bad guy. I think you're green. I think there's a lot of green people in education today. And and there's a lot of elected officials who are green. There's some like Penny Schwinn, Mike Morath, um, these, these people who have been groomed to be in their positions. I believe they're, they're yellow. Um, Mike Morath, our commissioner of education, he wanted to meet with me and tell me how great he is. And I, I would love that opportunity. I said, because in the research that I've done on you, when I'm out talking to people and um, I tell the story about the green, yellow, and red, I would describe you as yellow. And I would love to be wrong about that. And so I would love to meet with you and you can explain to me how I'm wrong. And he refused to meet with me. Wow. So this system 
of control at the global level. It's it's run by the red people. They're controlling us through the, the yellow and, and the green people have, frankly, they're just lemmings going along with it. They don't realize that they are being used. And, and school choice is the, the key, it's the access point for the red people to reach all children, all children, to pull them into the P20W system. They want access to our private school children. They want access to our homeschools. They want access to bring everyone under the P20W system. Absolutely. And I hear I hear people say in different groups that I'm in, well, what about the kids that can't be homeschooled? Not everyone can be homeschooled. So you should support school choice because those kids deserve something better. What would you say to that? My response to that is they're not getting anything better because it's all controlled by the government when the government's funding it. But how do you explain that, Alice? Well, you're exactly right. And we're going to, um, you have to understand, do you want to be free? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I keep asking. I don't really understand why it's so hard for these people to be able to connect the dots. It's not what you're doing is you're selling your freedoms. This doesn't give those parents and those children any more choices. It actually destroys their choices because This whole movement, what it does is it actually destroys true private education because if the government's funding homeschooling and private schooling and public schooling and charter schools, then there is no choice. There is no choice. It's it's really, it's hard for people when you're in the moment and you're trying to deal with your child and figure out what is the best, you know, situation for your child. And I think that the number one thing to look at, what is best for your child in this moment? This system has already been locked in place. Mm -hmm. We can fight the system and we should be fighting and exposing the system. But your number one job as a parent is to protect your children. Amen. Absolutely. I'm glad you said that. I say that all the time. You know, my this is our 20th year of homeschooling. So our children have been out of the system for 20 years. However, as a Christian, I feel it's my responsibility to shed the truth, shed light on the truth about what's really going on in education and inform and equip and encourage parents to get their children out of this system And then on the flip side of that is to continue to protect our freedoms, to be able to educate our children because our children belong to us. They were given to us by God. And and you said that earlier. It is our right, our God-given right to be able to educate our children as we see fit. And for Christians, that means with a biblical worldview. And I have people say this over and over to me, well, if a pub, if a private school takes the money, do you have any proof that they're not allowed to uh, teach from a biblical worldview? Well, absolutely, because the government doesn't fund Christian-based curriculum. Exactly, exactly. It's just like with that carrot to control. It's just like when money came back to the state in 1965 to teach economically disadvantaged children how to read. That was just an access point. Right. It didn't really help those children. <laughs> it's right. actually 
done more harm Absolutely. to those children. Absolutely. And let's let's talk a little bit before we have to jump off about college and career readiness, because, you know, you see a, a ton of those initiatives being being uh, pushed in local schools and parents think that that's that's a great initiative, I think. So can you tell our listeners why it's not? Well, college and career readiness are standards. They are behavioral standards, just like they're, they are the common core college and career readiness standards. When you look at those standards, what ha, what is a standard? In Texas, we have, it's called the Texas Essential Knowledge and Skills. And I listened to testimony yesterday of all these legislators saying, oh, we have to align our instructional materials to the the Texas TEKS, our our standards. Our standards are aligned to the Common Core College and Career Readiness standards. Mm -hmm. And so those standards mandate that the state teach behavioral standards. And, And if we're going to teach them, we have to assess them. If we assess them, we are going to collect data on them. Math is a great one to look at because everyone thinks that, you know, math two plus two is four. How can you mess that up? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the college and career readiness standards bring math concepts down to the, the young ages that are developmentally inappropriate. Mm -hmm. In the past, our math standards, you learn to read or to addition, subtraction, Mm -hmm. multiplication, one concept built on the next. Mm -hmm. Now there are are college and career readiness standards bring in what they call process standards at the very, very young age that is developmentally, our children's brains are Mm -hmm. not developed to be able to do those processes. And if you don't have the foundation of addition, subtraction, multiplication, you cannot do those processes. And so then what happens is it creates anxiety in our children. And then we have to bring in social emotional learning programs because our, and our kids are given drugs all along. Have they just been taught addition, subtraction, (laughs) and given the foundation? It's just like our biblical foundation. Right. To have the rock to stand on. Absolutely. If we don't have that, we're in chaos and confusion. It's the same exact with college and career readiness standards. Do not give our children the foundation that they need to succeed in life. Well, well, Alice, this is fantastic information that you have given our listeners today. Can you tell them how they can find you if they would like more information and, and for you to expound upon what you've spoken about here tonight? You can find all of, I've been writing about all of this for about the last 11 years. You can find me at Voices Empower, E-M-P-O-W-E-R.com, VoicesEmpower.com, or WomenOnTheWall.org. And tell us, tell our listeners before we have to end our show tonight, what can parents do? What advice do you have for parents that are listening or grandparents listening? How can they combat this? 
the number one thing that you have to do is understand what's happening. And you can do that by going into your children's schools, all schools, public, private, charter, even homeschool curriculum, and ask three questions. Can I see what you're teaching my child? Can I see how you're teaching my child? What is the professional development of the teachers? What are the instructional materials being used? And number three, which is what opens up Pandora's box, can I see who's financially benefiting from the curriculum products on which my child's teacher is evaluated? When you take that journey and ask those three questions, which is really a weak position for parents, can I see what you're teaching? Mm -hmm. I can see. I can see what you're teaching my child. I can see how you're teaching my child. And I can see who's financially benefiting. And it's not my child. When you take that journey from can I see to I can see, you can see. And then you are equipped to protect your own children. Fantastic advice. Well, thank you, Alice, for taking time out of your busy schedule to educate our listeners on all these initiatives. It's a lot. I highly encourage you, if you're listening to this, to do a deep dive into your, you know, your own research regarding the globalization of education and school choice and all the things we spoke about today. If you have questions, reach out. I will have the way that you can contact Alice listed over on my Free Your Children Facebook page when this uh, broadcast airs. I want to take the time to thank Safe Storage again tonight for sponsoring tonight's show. If you have storage needs, you can find Safe Storage at safestoragetn.com. And I want to leave you with this. You are my refuge and my shield. Your word is my source of hope. Psalm 119, 114. We love you here at WXRQ, but remember, Jesus loves you so much more. Good night and God bless.